Well, Jeff, here we are, uh, back in business, baby, as always. That's right, that's right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce to you my co-host, Jeffrey Watson. Jeffrey, as always, it's an honor to be virtually sitting side by side with you, reviewing yeah. horror movies. Likewise. I, this is definitely a highlight for me every time we get to do this, so I, I'm grateful that we get to do this and i i'm i'm just honored to be with you heck yeah oh and by the way i am jesse drew <laughs> yeah don't forget yourself there right oh and the show is movies to be murdered by <laughs> let's not forget that <laughs> um today we are talking about 2009's sam raimi directed drag me to hell okay people body count right away four not bad Okay, it's not 14, but this one didn't really require a, a big body count, Jeff. What do you think? No, it didn't. It it really didn't need a big body count because, yeah, there was a lot going on. In this <laughs> we didn't need that. No, plenty of creativity and plenty of scares without, yes. without pe needing people to drop dead at every turn. Um, right off the top, this movie was a financial success. Um, its budget was thirty million. Uh, that's back in two thousand nine. Uh, not too bad for for what Raimi wanted, like for what he called like a lower budget film. Thirty mil, not too bad. Uh, its box office made ninety point eight mil in returns. So, you know, people were still. We're still loving horror movies back then. Um, Sam Raimi is still, still a genius, you know, um, coming off of, I guess, those, the uh, Spider-Man trilogy with Toby and wanted to reconnect with his horror, with his main love of horror movies, made this little, this little gem, which uh, honestly I found uh, by listening to one of my very favorite podcasts, um, We Hate Movies, based here in New York. They're awesome. I love those guys. They mentioned Drag Me to Hell as a better Romani curse movie than the one that they had been reviewing, which was thinner, uh, based on the book by Stephen King. So hearing them mention it, I looked it up, and here we are. Um, so we have the story is, and, you know, spoilers abound, people. This Our show is full of spoilers because we want to talk top to bottom about the movie that we are, um, we have watched for the week. Jeff, I want to ask you before anything else, do you know the difference between using the word gypsy and using the word Romani or Roma? No. Okay. So I did a little bit of homework. Um, I grew up uh, using the word gypsy. Um, that's just, I grew up in the 80s. You know, it's a very common term. People all around the world use that term. It is considered um, like an ethnic slur. Uh, 
hmm. actually is what I found out. Um, and the people that it is referring to are uh, consider themselves Roma or Romani. So uh, just to let everybody know when we, you know, you, we, we're going to be using the word Romani instead of the word gypsy because it is considered uh, an ethnic slur. Okay, so the story of Drag Me to Hell takes a lot of twists and turns, a lot of twists and turns, but basically it's the story of a bank loan officer named Christine, played by Allison Lohman. She is up for a promotion, and her boss, basically, he doesn't even insinuate. He just says to her, we need somebody who will be able to make the tough decisions for the bank. And she understands that the person she is up against for this assistant manager position seems to be able to make these tough decisions, quote unquote, um, basically like you're able to like be a jerk. And it's sort of, I mean, I, I, Jeff, I have this theory I'm going to pause right now on the, in the <laughs> recap. I have this theory that this movie actually has like, you know, feminist undertones and there's like a real like feminist, like story going on underneath the story. But um, we can get into that uh, in, <laughs> in a minute or two. I don't okay. know. Okay. Um, so basically she gets an opportunity right then and there um, she has this Romani woman, Mrs. Ganesh, who is a client of the bank who has had the bank extend to her twice, right, Jeff? Twice they gave twice. her loans, extension on her loans for her house, her mortgage. She is there that morning. She's got like a blind, like pale white eye. She looks crazy. She's got really disgusting, like looking fingertips and nails that look like they're diseased almost. Um, and Raimi plays up all of these <laughs> atrocities. Let's all the mini atrocities. He plays them all up very well um, with the camera. So she shows up, she's asking Christine, can the bank please give her another loan? Because the men have shown up to her house to repos repossess her belongings and the house. Christine actually wants to give her another, other extension on her loan she feels for her christine's natural impulse is to help people and she does you know have a lot of heart she walks into the bank manager's office whose office she was just in just a couple of minutes ago talking about this promotion and he says basically it's up to you it's up to you can you make the tough decisions or not you know so he's not really he's saying like yeah i mean you can give her an extension but really nobody wants you to especially me and this is a test to see if you can actually you know be like you know be tough I guess is the best nicest way to put it <laughs> um she goes out there tells Mrs. Ganush no way um in the meantime Mrs. Ganush has seen like uh Christine kind of peeks out at her and she's seen like she's like taking out her teeth, her false teeth and put them like on her scarf on top of the mm -hmm. desk. And she's sucking down like this hard candy that Christine has on her desk. And then she's like stealing all the hard candy, like putting it, pouring it all into her purse. 
Um, and you really hear like the teeth like going in and out of her mouth. It's it's, it's disgusting. Ugh. Yeah, it's so disgusting. There are so many disgusting parts of this movie. I love it. Uh, <laughs> so she basically tells her no way. Um, Mrs. Ganesh gets down on her knees and starts literally begging her, please, for another chance. And Christine just keeps saying no. And then she starts grabbing at Christine. Christine calls security. And in all the melee, like everything sort of freezes for a second. Mrs. Ganesh realizes that the entire bank is staring at her. And the critical thing she says here is, you know, she says to Christine, you shame me. You shame me. I'm begging. I'm begging. And you shame me. And, uh, and then she's, is this when she says like, you know, soon you'll be the one begging me or does that come later? I don't remember. I think but it anyway. comes a little bit later, but yeah, that's, oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. And then, and you, and uh, it's just crazy. And oh, by the way, did you see Octavia Spencer in the background? I did. I right. Did. That was a nice little hello. <laughs> she has zero lines, yeah. but but she's in the background there. I mean, I guess this was before, you know, the Octavia Renaissance that we get years later, but it was really nice to see her. I was like, Hey, um, all right. So then fast forward, Christine goes out to her car. She's leaving for the day. Mrs. Ganesh starts torturing her. She's waiting for her in the car. They get into it. Um, Mrs. Ganesh, and they're at this for a while. They have like a fight scene in the car, out of the car. Mrs. Ganesh eventually rips a button off of Christine's coat and starts like spewing a, a Romani curse on this button. And oh, this is when she says, like, soon it'll be you begging, coming to beg me. And that puts the whole, you know, uh, action of the film into play basically she's cursed christine um with a lamia curse um and the rest of the film is christine trying in a million different ways to get rid of this curse um with and without the help of her boyfriend clay with the help of ramjas who is a fortune teller that she seeks out um you know she basically tries so many different things it's really sad and um we'll just we'll we'll pick it up from there jeff what is your if any history with drag me to hell had you seen it prior to this past week or was this your first time watching it i had seen it once before okay yeah once before i watched it uh you know right around I didn't go to the theater to see it, but I, I saw it, you know, shortly after it was released to uh, DVD. Gotcha. Um, so that's, yeah, that's when I saw it. What about you? I had, no, I, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't seen it before. Um, I loved it. Uh, I thought I, when I saw it, I was like, whoa, this is so much fun. This is a real Sam Raimi movie. Like, you know, the body horror, the, the jokes, within the horror, you know, the sort of like, even if it's not laugh out loud, it's like lighthearted stuff within this really disgusting, like horrifying situation that's happening. Do you have any particular, did you have any particular, like this time coming around to it, did you have any sort of particular like, oh, okay, now like I'm watching it the second time and 
I'm seeing this or I'm not liking that so much or, you know, any sort of like revelations. This time around, I, the first time I watched it, I really didn't pay attention as much as I should have. It was, and, and I think I was just in a different space then where now I look at, I look at films a little bit differently. So it, this time around, I really wanted to pay attention to things going on in the background. Um, I wanted to pay attention to the dialogue between characters. Uh, so that, that was my focus this time. And I'm really glad that I did. Yeah, this movie, it's, it's a cool, I thought it was a cool movie because well, one of the reasons was because it does a service to the viewer. Like it gives you clues. It speaks to you and movie language, you know, um, we just, we get, we get all kinds of cues from the camera angles, from what the camera's picking up on. Sometimes it's just nice to like not have to pull, like, you know, pull teeth with a movie. I love to have movies go a little over my head sometimes, you know, because I feel like, okay, there's things to like, there's things to hash out. There's, you know, discussions to be had. Um, there's, there's images to be analyzed, what have you. But once in a while, it's just really nice to like go to a movie and just enjoy it and, yeah. you know, just have fun with it. Um, that being said, I didn't mean to look for this sort of like undertone, but I felt like it came looking for me. Whereas like, I felt like that this movie actually had a lot of like, a lot of to say about the way that women are treated, like, you know, at work, just out in the world, within their relationships and how all of the ways that they're treated kind of mirror each other. Um, Christine, is we don't get like a lot of background on Christine at first, but we come to know her throughout the movie. Um, we know that she was raised and lived on a farm. So that means, she, and they're in California. So that means she probably grew up and lived most of her life in the Midwest. Um, we come to find out that she used to be very heavy, like a heavy set person, um, which for a woman is, you know, a mark of shame. And you see her kind of crumple up the photograph that she finds of herself um, on the farm being heavy. She is treated like a child by her boyfriend and by her boss at work. I thought there were a lot of parallels there. I don't know, Jeff, did you pick up on that at all? Yes, absolutely. Okay, yeah, I thought that um, her boyfriend kind of kept sort of like I mean he was also very loving with her so I don't want to just like you know disregard that entire relationship but mostly he was telling her what to do why she was feeling a certain way that she like is she okay but like petting her sort of like treating her like she was a little girl like a pet um her boss was sort of doing the same thing like when he was talking to her when she was asking him questions about the position she wanted he was very much talking to her like she was a child, like she didn't understand, like the man who was also up for the position was probably better suited because he had, you know, the the guts to make bad, hard decisions, I should say, hard decisions for the bank's interest. Um, 
And he really, even though we come to find out that she has all but sealed the deal on a huge uh, loan for the bank, um, some huge business deal that she like, you know, created herself out of, you know, extensive research, et cetera, et cetera. So she is a super bright woman who kind of keeps being treated like a little girl um, throughout the movie. And I thought that had, a, I thought that had a lot to say, um, you know, about the real, the realities of being a woman nowadays. I don't know. I won't go on and on because this is a horror movie podcast and not a feminist podcast, but, um, I did like that, that I'm, I'm sure that the filmmaker was not unaware of those parallels. And I think that we, are, he probably used it maybe to make Christine more vulnerable, which makes for a better, you know, um, protagonist in a horror movie. <laughs> anyway, um, so basically Christine ends up, you know, um, she's told at long last after seances, after, you know, different, after killing her kitten. Yes, that happens. Um, she's t finally told by Ram Joss, her spiritual advisor, um, that if she makes a gift of the button that's cursed to someone, she will be relinquishing the curse off of her and be giving it to someone else. So she's like, what the heck? Why didn't you just tell me this to begin with? And he's like, what the heck? Um, because you will have, you will be basically sending someone to hell for all eternity to burn. And I will have been your accomplice since I told you that you could do that. So she was like, all right, I get it. So then she goes, she has like, you know, 12 hours left. She goes to this diner and she sits and she's watching and she's clocking everybody that's going in and out. Jeff, the first person she seriously considers giving this button to is an old man sitting in the corner using an oxygen tank and like a mask to breathe. What were your thoughts on this, on this choice? <laughs> Honestly, I, that, that whole thing was, I was like, really, you're going to give it to him. You're going to give it to him. And then his wife comes up and I'm, I'm like, really, really? You can't think of anybody better. <laughs> like I felt so bad for the poor guy, you know. And but yeah, I mean, it was she was just trying. She's like, listen, as long as it's not me. Yeah, I I just didn't understand like the reasoning. Like just because he's dying doesn't mean that he deserves to burn in hell for all eternity. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. He didn't deserve that why would it make any sense like just because the man is dying that he should go to hell like you know what i mean like it's not yeah. like if if it's just a time thing yeah that it just didn't i think she was just honestly like who can i find at this point like she she didn't want to kill i don't think she wanted to per se kill someone or get someone killed she was looking for the uh, easy way like oh well, he's he may be out soon. So I, I think that's where she was going, but I, I felt bad for the man. 
Yeah, me too. And then she ends up not picking anybody. She tries to pass it off to the dude at the bank who is, who's been trying to like, you know, screw her over with the, with the big deal that she's making by stealing the file. He's the one that she's up against for the assistant manager position. He's very, uh, he, he talks, he talks down to her. He's not a nice guy. I don't know why she doesn't just give it to him, to be honest, but what yeah. ifs? She comes up with a better idea. She has this genius idea that she's going to give the cursed button back to the person who gave it to her. This being Mrs. Ganoush, who has since passed away. Um, she checks in with Ram Joss. Ram Joss says it's a go. She goes over to the cemetery and she digs up Mrs. Ganoush. And she makes a formal declaration, which is like really, it's kind of stupid. But like, she's like, I, Christine Brown of 77 Smith Street in Pasadena, California, hereby give. Like, it's just like this whole like long declaration just to like make it a point that like she's giving the button, which is in this envelope, people. It's in a white envelope, just like the white envelope that she gave to her boyfriend earlier that had a nickel in it for his stupid coin collection <laughs> <laughs> so she shoves it in mrs ganush's mouth ultimately she almost drowns in this rising mud and rain she hops on out of the grave her and her boyfriend are meant to go to santa barbara was it jeff I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they're supposed to go on a weekend, like, away to Santa Barbara. And so she, you know, is going to meet him at the train station. She's like, I'm walking on sunshine. Well. Everything's turning up Christine. She gets a message from her boss, like, hey, we fired that guy because we found out he stole your file and was trying to, like, negotiate that deal on his own. And so you've got the position. Congratulations. So she's getting everything she wants. The curse, you know, the curse is gone. The button is gone. Uh, she's got this. She's walking over the, to Union train station, um, which is a really cool looking train station. I went there once. Um, and she gets this coat. I don't know what, Jeff, I gotta ask you this because I, I can't be the only person who thinks this. Why do people in Los Angeles buy heavy coats? <laughs> we no. see this in the movies and on TV shows. Like, and she's buying like, like a wool coat. <laughs> <laughs> it's Los Angeles. What do you tell me? Please give me any answer. I have no good answers for that. Um, give me a poor answer then, because give I you a need poor an answer. answer. Um, she, she wanted to, yeah, I got nothing. I, okay. I got nothing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, she's, she gets this blue coat and makes a big deal out of getting a blue coat at the train station for her big trip with her boyfriend. And she's there and they, they're on the, they meet, they meet there because he was like, oh, you know, promise me you'll meet me at seven thirty or whatever. And then they meet there, they're. They're hanging out for a minute. He's like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. She's like, yeah, everything's great now. And he's like, hey, um, 
I think we might have mixed up envelopes because I found this envelope and it's like dun 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 with your button in it and you must have taken my envelope with the nickel and she just starts backing up and just backs up until she falls off of the platform and onto the train tracks and he's yelling and she's screaming and the train is coming and as the train goes to smush her out uh she gets pulled down into hell and is dragged down for all eternity to roast just as mrs ganoush cursed her to be so jeff i have to ask you does the dust candy theft seal Mrs. Ganush's fate with the bank loan. <laughs> Is yeah. that what does her in? Because cause Christine sees her stealing the candy. Yeah, she does. She does. I, You know, I, I want to say that the candy theft did it. Um, but, you know, it is community candy. If it's on your desk, it's community candy. Now, if you want to be that type of person that takes all of it, then, you know, that says more about you than it does, you know, anyone else. But, um, <laughs> in all seriousness, um, you know, I think, I think in that moment, Christine, Christine is like, she went against her, her gut for, for the position, you know, like she, right she saw that you got this poor woman trying to make it as best she can, but you're trying to prove yourself to the bank manager by doing something that's not in your nature. And when we do things like that, we tend to get in trouble. But how much trouble is it? Is it worth a curse? Like, where you burn in hell for the rest, you know, for the rest of the days. Oh no, no, I don't think it's worth that. Um, See, I, I do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, I do think the everything that ensued. I mean, it's crazy because the woman takes out her teeth, places them on a napkin, on a handkerchief, on her desk. That wasn't embarrassing enough, apparently. It was the begging on the floor and everything else that brought her true shame and embarrassment. And apparently that was worth it, but I, I don't think it's worth it, in my opinion. Agreed. I think, like, really, I mean, she's getting punished for selling herself out in that one moment, in that one decision, you know, and... I mean, that's that's a lesson to be learned. I mean, we shouldn't go against our own nature. Is that what the movie's trying to say? I don't know. Or is the movie trying to say, like, hey, like, this girl, like, did one thing wrong and she's just going to keep getting hammered for it until she's just, like, literally in hell, burning and suffering for the rest of eternity. And that's just, that's that's kind of, like, not right. You know, I think the movie is actually kind of saying like it's 
kind of a bit much, you know, but that had, that does happen in life. I mean, not the whole curse thing. I mean, well, maybe the curses happen. I don't know. God, I don't want to know. Knock on wood. But, but it's kind of like, you know, sometimes you, you could just, you could be the, like the best person, or you could just be like a decent person, or you could just be an average person that doesn't do anything to harm anybody else. Right. But Bad stuff happens to you left and right and just doesn't stop. And there's no real reason or rhyme or answer for it. And I I really like applaud this movie for the ending that it gives us of Christine ultimately succumbing to the curse because they give you for a for like a fake out like minute, you get her walking to the train station, everything's hunky-dory and so great. And her her life is going to be so great from here on in because she's got everything she wanted, the boyfriend that she wants, the job that she wants. But it's actually not meant for her and it gets snatched away and the curse that's meant for her sticks. And it's like, no matter what she did, she's still going to succumb to this fate. I give the movie credit. A lot of movies would have like kind of kept going. Like maybe in another ending, she could have like walked onto that platform. And then as her and her boyfriend got onto the train, she'd see like another girl with the same coat, wearing the same coat with like similar buttons and kind of get scared and then, but just hop on the train and everything's okay. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. It's just my two cents. You could put that in the bank. <laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended. No pun intended. Um, Jeff. So you know that scene where she goes, she walks into the wake, the Romani wake that they're having for the dead Mrs. Ganush. Yeah. And she doesn't even know that Mrs. Ganush is dead. The granddaughter just says she's in there and it's, you know, Mrs. Ganush's body, dead body, like laid out and everybody's having a party. Um, and then she trips onto Mrs. Ganush's body and Mrs. Ganush rolls on top of her. Uh, and is that ecto cooler that ejects out of her mouth and onto Christine? Is it, is it that? Is it embalming fluid? I mean, silly, like, because it looks like ecto cooler. The um, is it is it the, the Ghostbuster juice? Yeah, I was gonna. I was just about to say. I'm I'm trying to think. Was it? You know, did she go to uh, Nickelodeon Studios before? <laughs> um, <laughs> before, before Double Dare. <laughs> Double Dare. I mean, <laughs> what was that all about? I love how. Uh, Sam Raimi is like, let's get gross. Because you know? isn't that the that's the second time that like, there's another time, I think, or maybe it's this, I don't know, maybe it's all in this the one one scene, but the dead Mrs. Ganush like starts like like kind of like like nomming onto Christine's face with her dead mouth, which doesn't have any teeth in it. No teeth, right? No, yeah, just munching on her on her face i mean yeah the amount of just disgusting like mouth stuff and mm -hmm. slobber and spit and mucus and everything else and eyes and teeth coming out and all it, yeah i mean that that was you gotta you gotta love sam right 
Like you, yeah, you absolutely. Have. He he went for it, and I was yeah. all there for it. It's gross, and it made me like you know yeah. a little. But I loved it. <laughs> I'm yeah, not gonna lie. It was, it was fun. It was fun. Jeff, I have a, a few a few questions left for you. You know, being our our movie expert here, why did the kitten have to die? That poor kitten. That poor kitten. That kitten's no name was Kitty. Yeah, there's no need for that. There's, there I mean, some. we couldn't think of anything better. Like, we couldn't get a chicken or something. A know, raccoon, maybe? Or a raccoon or something other than a cute little kitten that didn't deserve that. That was wild. That was I know wild. he was he was telling her, Ron and Joss was telling her about, like, you know, to appease the spirits, you can, you know, sacrifice an animal. And she's just like so like at her wits end after being like punched in the face by like mysterious invisible spirits that she slays this kitten of hers and is seen burying it, you know, and lies to her boyfriend about tomato juice being on her little jacket there. And he's like, that's blood. She's like, no, it's just tomato juice. And I was like, who would believe that? <laughs> anyway, I just want to, I want you to know that I will never trust a goat. Okay. Between this movie and that movie, uh, the witch, uh, with black Peter, I think the, the goat's name is in that one. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm never going to trust a goat. So I don't know, make a note of it <laughs> and, and make sure that, you know, uh, should I depart this earthly plane before you do? Make sure that there are no goats anywhere near my funeral. Yes. <laughs> okay, because the goats in this movie are out of control. Very much. Um, do the Romani hold the corner on curses, Jeff? Tell you this, I wouldn't. I wouldn't cross anyone in a in a bad way. Nope. Because, yeah, I, I don't want to find out. I don't want to find out what they can cook up. It's pretty terrifying. It is. I don't really know what else to say about that, Jeff. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, did she consider giving the cursed button, even though we know, like, we know that it really wasn't the button after all that she was holding and it was the that it was the coin but like uh, does she consider giving it to her boss at the bank like <laughs> you know she should have given it to the boss why not oh my god i know right oh my god though you know who she really should have given it to in a crossing of worlds Go, taking it back to last week's episode on Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. she should have given it to Jane, the real oh. estate agent. Oh, that's what I'm, that's some good revenge right that's there. Good revenge. That is some good revenge. Oh, that's real nice. I like that because there's nobody like besides, you know, Mrs. Ganush. There's nobody in Drag Me to Hell that's like hate worthy enough for that stupid button that's the thing like you know some like you know the guy from the bank that's like trying to sabotage christine is annoying and you know ill-intentioned but i mean he's not like 
roast in hell hateable. You know what I mean? Right. But Jane, the real estate agent, she's roast in hellable. Oh yeah. I mean she yeah. I mean she put her beside some marshmallows. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Throw some marshmallows, throw a few bars of uh Hershey's chocolate plain and some graham crackers and say bye bye. Yeah. I, I mean don't know. that's just that's all I'm saying. That's for I mean, yes, for more information on that, gentle listeners, you know, rewind back to last week's episode <laughs> on Beetlejuice. We talk a little bit about the least likable character in that movie, Jane, <laughs> the real estate agent. Um some trivia about this movie. Allison Lohman, um, who played the main character, Christine, uh, retired after this movie. She was uh, still pretty young. like She's like in her early 30s, I think, if, if even. Um, but, but yeah, she, she retired. And she was like the mother of, I think, like of two kids, married and living out in the Midwest. Um, also, she did most of her stunts. Most of her own stunts, That that was her. Which I thought was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Um, parts of the story of Drag Me to Hell were taken from Night of the Demon, a British horror movie, and Casting the Runes, a short story written by M.R. James. Um, the script was written by Sam Raimi and his brother Ivan Raimi? Henry Raimi? Somebody Raimi. Not Ted Raimi. That's the actor that he's, that's, that's his brother, but he's an actor, but he wrote it with his brother. Um, and it was like 10 years, like after they wrote it, et cetera, before it got, you know, into production. Um, I think he got busy with the Spider-Man movies, et cetera. Um, Sam Raimi, we just uh, want to give a shout out to because he is a reigning king of horror director of oh. Evil Dead army of darkness yeah um stay tuned um episode for the movie the gift uh such a good movie jeff have you seen that movie which one the gift the gift i have not seen the gift oh that's that, that's a stay tuned we got to do that one um the spider-man trilogy and he directed the latest um installment of the doctor strange doctor strange of the multiverse yeah which I wasn't really too keen on. What about you? I have not seen it. Oh, okay. I won't, I'm not going to say anything about it then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Drag Me to Hell. Jeff, I've got to ask you this question. What rating would you give Drag Me to Hell? Again, I know this question is coming every week. Okay. <laughs> every week. And every week I say, I know this question is coming every week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, honestly, I had a lot of fun with this movie. I'm going to give it a solid three and a half. <laughs> every week. Okay, wait, wait. Before we go on, every week, you, you know, we go, we go through this and you're like, oh, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to do this for this movie. And then it's never the rating that I expect. <laughs> Seriously, you were thinking I was gonna say like four, yeah, something, yeah. I that's so funny. I want to give it a four, okay. I do, I do want to give you know what? I am gonna change it to four because I okay. had a lot of fun and it was, it was, I thought it was a good movie. Um, and it was even better for me upon the second watch. 
like the first time that I saw it, I was kind of like, yeah, okay, it's you know, right. but I I enjoyed it. I really did. So yeah, I'm I'm not gonna be a tough critic. I'm gonna give it a four. Um, nice. Can I ask what? And I'm not like criticizing your rating or anything, but like, mm-hmm. what's holding you back from giving it a five? Just just wondering. Like, what are what are some of the shortfalls of this movie that that you felt? Some of the shortfalls, I kind I kind of wish that, and I you know I'm all about more character development. Yeah, I would have appreciated some flashbacks of Christine. Mm. To kind of see how she became who she became, because it's obvious that there's a struggle there between going with her gut and then pleasing others like that seems to be the thing like she's all about pleasing others uh so i, I want to see how that happened for her um i would have while we didn't need more of a death count i would have preferred to see a little bit more in terms of like some maybe some backstory or you know, someone else that had recently been cursed and that's how we start the movie Mm. and kind of now go into, you know, Christine's story. So, I mean, a couple minor things, I think, um, I'll, I'll be honest. This isn't typically my type of movie, um, which is another thing for me. I, I just, you know, I watched thinner and that was, you know, long time ago and, I have I have a lot of feelings about that movie. Anyway, uh, by the way, so um, if you ever want to hear about them, just hit me up. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I it's just it's not typically my type of movie. Um, but I thought that I thought that the twist at the end was really good, and uh, I but I I enjoyed it. So, um, but not quite at the level of a of a five for me. Gotcha. All right, so our tattoo test, Jeff. Would you get any images associated with Drag Me to Hell tattooed? I would not. I would not. I'm. I'm very. Um, I'm going to be very selective with my tattoos here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not because um, I would not get teeth. <laughs> I would not get a nickel or a button. What about candy? Everybody likes um, candy. Everybody likes candy, <laughs> but you know, then I'm gonna have to think about her, you know, taking oh, a yeah. out of her head and you know, making those horrible, horrible sounds. Sucking noise, yeah. It's like, it was just really like uh I mean she was just overly obnoxious with it. Um mm-hmm. like yes, lady, we 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 see that you took your teeth out, but it's not enough, so you have to let us know by making these <laughs> vacuum sounds with candy in your in your head so, um, <laughs> so funny. thanks a lot you know for that you know right. i can never i can never have hard candy again <laughs> um, <laughs> nice but yeah so what about you uh headstone rating and would you get a tattoo headstones ratings i'm actually going to give this one a five okay um I thought this movie was operating on all engines and it took off and it stopped and started like at good points. Um, There wasn't too much 
like lag time where we're just like, eh, we don't know what we're doing. We're just pausing the movie a little bit. You know, it's it kept rolling without feeling like this is going too fast, you know? And like I said, the movie was, I feel like it like, and I don't mean this as a put down, but I feel like the movie was basic and it's just what I wanted. It was just what I wanted. I wanted a horror movie that did have jump scares and other scares and creepiness, um, but that didn't try to like traumatize me. And that was lighthearted in some ways. You know, there were times where I was just like, should I be laughing right now? Because I feel like laughing, but I feel like that's not the right thing to do, but I want to laugh. But, you know, I, I, you know, it was, it was good. The music I thought was pretty good in it. Um, so yeah. And I thought everybody that acted in it did a, did a great job acting. Um, Christine, the actress, Alison Lohman was in, I think every single scene in the movie, which is a lot for an actor to have to carry. And she did a great job. She, I felt like she didn't, she didn't, um, she didn't mix up her character. She knew who Christine was. And she went with it, even when like she was kind of like snappy with people or when she was just like mean um, or when she was trying to, you know, give that button away. She was she believed that that was that character. Um, So I I give the movie a lot of credit for that. And of course, the gross out stuff, which was so gross. um, And just I was like applauding because you don't get that too much. Like you get like you could sure get like blood and severed, you know, limbs and stuff like that, but not the gross that uh, Sam Raimi gave us, which was pretty fun. So yeah, I give it a five. And in terms of tattoos, I feel like the most iconic image from the movie is Mrs. Gunnish, like, you know, like either dead or alive. And I really wouldn't want that lady's face on me, like even as a joke, like not even like an ironic kind of tattoo situation. So now I'm going to say no to that. Yeah. I, and yeah. I, under, I understand. This this movie is one that doesn't really lend itself to uh, tattoo material, but it's it really is a good movie. I enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, maybe a button, but like, I don't, I mean, like that could be like, you know, an iconic thing from the movie. But to be honest, like, do I want a symbol? Does, would anyone want a symbol of something that was like a curse? that puts you in hell for eternity. Like, no, thanks. I don't want that tattooed on my body. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I'm, I'm all right with that. Thank you. I think the darkest thing I have like, in you know, tattooed on me is I have, uh, Natalie Portman from, um, in black Swan. I have her tattooed on me that she's, you know, it's a pretty dark character. And I have, Donnie Darko and his girlfriend Gretchen with some bats um, over their heads, but they're kissing. It's like more like a celebration, you know? So even though that movie's pretty dark, it's like, it's, it's not, it's not an image of that, of the darkness of that movie, but of like the little bit of like love that they allow in the movie. So I don't know. Hey, there we are. There we are. There we are, people. Would definitely wreck both of us. Definitely telling you, you need to see "Drag Me to Hell" if you haven't seen it already. Again, it's two thousand nine, directed by Sam Raimi, and we thank you for being here with us. We look forward to seeing you next week 
we are going to just keep rolling through October with some really nice cuts, meaning steaks, if movies <laughs> were a meat. <laughs> uh, Jeff, thank you for your time. Gentle listeners, thank you for your time. And we're rolling on out. See ya. Peace out, folks. Take care.